Well, hello. You are listening to the Swinging Flamingo Podcast. This is a sexually explicit podcast, and you must be 18 to listen unless you want to share an awkward listening experience with your parents. This is not professional advice. This is our opinion based on our journey through the swinging lifestyle. So, are you ready to flamingo with us? Well, hello, little flockers. You know, that's a group of flamingos, right? I'm asking you a question. Did you know that? I believe you. Yep. Anyways. I thought that was a murder. Oh, that's a murder of crows, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Are you sure it's a flock? I'm pretty sure it's fluckers. Fluckers. Fuckers. What did I say? Blockers. There's no telling now. Well, fuck. We messed this one up. Anyways, welcome to the Swing Flamingos podcast. I'm Mrs. Flamingo. And do you even know your name now that I've fucked you up? No. I'm just going to go with (laughs) Lee. How's that, hooker? And this is episode 40. Can you believe it? We are going into our fourth year of this. I haven't murdered you yet, so that much is good. (laughs) Yet. Uh, I still don't think you're right on the flamingos. We'll have to look. No, I think it's flockers. You're just making random shit up (laughs) once again. Well, I hope everyone is warm because here in Texas, it is cold. Not quite snowmageddon, but we did have our cold snap last week. Iced in. Yep. I missed a whole week of the gym, which is unheard of. Yeah, you didn't even get off the couch, to be honest. Now, when you did get off the couch and you went back to work, you did have a little adventure in Louisiana. Yeah, as NWA says, fuck the police. I had a nice little run-in with the police, the, I guess, Louisiana State Patrol. Oh, yeah. They might not have been on the uh, up and up. No, that was pretty sketchy. So let everyone know what happened. I'm assuming I'm still a fugitive from the law, the way they were acting, but I was making my sales calls in northern Louisiana, and you and I were having a phone call and had some family business going on that I just wasn't needing to get off the highway to take the call. And as I was driving down an access road, a highway patrol or state patrol pulled literally in front of me when I got about two car lengths away, maybe three car lengths. I actually ended up swerving beside him and stopping. I didn't want to just go blasting past him. And I was like, well, maybe he's going to wave at me, flag me down, turn on his lights, whatever. Basically, he let me go in front of him. So I made a left-hand turn, getting ready to get head back to the highway. And as soon as I made a left-hand turn, he flashed his lights for me to pull over. So I'm thinking, okay, he's being a dickhead or thinking that I tried to hit them or clip them or whatever. I, I thought it was going to be pretty simple. So I'm still on the phone with you, and I was like, great, I'm getting another ticket. I had two pretty substantial tickets last year, so I was a little nervous. So before you move on, in other words, you're saying you've got tickets in every state, man? Pretty close. <laughs> I'm still paying on them. That's the bad part. So it is a common courtesy, and I do this for any law enforcement officer when I get pulled over. I roll down all my windows because I have tinted windows. I put my wallet on the dash, and I put my hands on the steering wheel face up. So the main officer that's coming up to my window, I see him in the rear view. Now the guy in the passenger side, I pretty much swear to God he's got his gun out. Not at me, but I feel like it was drawn. He was probably definitely holding it. So that made me a little bit nervous. And then the questions were pretty stupid. And the guy's like, you're acting a little sketchy. And I'm like, yeah, I've got some bad news on a phone call. And I said, that's why I got off the road. So immediately he's like, will you step out of the car? So I'm like, okay, standard procedure. As soon as I step out the car, he starts to frisk me. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little serious for whatever's going on. And he's like, well, the reason I pulled you over is you crossed the double white line prior to making your turn. And I'm like, okay, this is BS. And he's like, now you're acting a little sketchy. And he takes me back and he says, do we have consent to search your vehicle? And I said, I would really rather you not, which I didn't have anything in there. 
But after that, him and the other guy start talking. He said, well, I guess we're going to have to put you in the vehicle, handcuff you, and call in the drug dogs. And I'm thinking, Jesus, y'all are getting serious about this. Well, I was on somewhat of a time crunch to get back to the hotel for a sales call meeting. So I said, yeah, I'll give you consent. Go ahead and crack it open and look. So they have me at the truck. One of them is interrogating me, what I've got in the vehicle, what I'm hiding. I turn around at one point, and there were two extra guys hanging out. So basically, there are four people tearing through my vehicle. A few minutes later, what I'm assuming is a supervisor shows up. He's a big juiced up motherfucker and he's interrogating me. He's like, now, you know, if there's anything personal, a joint or this or that, there's not going to be anything over it. It's a ticket. Don't even stress it. But he's like, there's something big in there. We're going to hang it to you. And I'm like, I gave you permission to tear through there. I was like, you aren't going to find anything personal. While this is going on, they're turning over boxes, dumping out my catalogs. They dumped out my computer bag. I think they flipped my gym bag over. They pulled open the glove box. They he pulled the spare tire out of the back. Granted, this is a brand new car. Granted, I'm standing here on the side of the road in a dress shirt, slacks, dress shoes, and it's sleeting. And these guys are like, you're acting a little shaky. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm fucking cold. <laughs> it's 45 degrees out here, and we're standing in the mist, and you guys are in snow gear, and I'm, I'm in a dress shirt. But that goes on for a little bit, and finally they didn't find anything. The officer that was in charge of all this walks back up, flips me my license, and says, yeah, don't cross any more white lines. Shreveport's that way. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, I've never felt so violated in my damn life. Well, and of all people to pull over, you definitely didn't have any drugs. You don't do drugs. I'm the so. most straight-laced freaking person you yep. can meet. The, the one guy said, well, you know, if there's anything in there I need to know. And I'm like, I've got some uh, lifting supplements in the, you know, glove box. And he was like, <laughs> I, I'm not even worried about that. I'm like, well, you aren't going to find anything else. And what's funny, the one guy was messing around my hatchback on my company car and i made the comment button to get it down is up there on the left and he said oh i'm looking for a secret department i'm like or compartment i said keep fucking looking there isn't one granted this is a brand new right off the lot company vehicle like i said it, they look in there they i've got hanging clothes catalogs a computer bag a notebook I, I can't think of a single thing in there and i don't think i'm that sketchy looking but holy crap they you, i don't know you would, you would think <laughs> Apparently they caught, so well and your car doesn't have a lot of stuff in it because it was really new like you don't even have extra junk in there right now no you would think they caught el chapo the way they were acting i sympathize with uh, these minorities that get pulled over on stupid shit like that actually my guy from california he's mexican he was like i didn't realize they treated white people like that i said well, apparently the state of louisiana does not give a fuck <laughs> but luckily i didn't end up in handcuffs in it i'll be honest i was a little uh scared it, it was something i never experienced before and when i told the big juiced up supervisor that i had some lifting supplements in there the guy that was interrogating me was like hey what do i need to start doing for my diet hey what do i need to start doing on my training routine and i'm like well, take your thumb stick it up your ass and pretty much go from there <laughs> i'm just like y'all are acting like you're fixing to arrest me or bust me and you're asking for training advice how fucking stupid yeah i wouldn't have gave them anything knowing that they have a camera rolling i just looked at him was like no i'm not talking anymore and I, I should have exercised my right from the beginning and just shut up and made them bring in the dogs. That's what everybody's advised me. But also it was like, if they are so sketchy that they're going to remove me at gunpoint and bring in dogs, I can't guarantee that they're not going to plant anything. Yeah, I wouldn't have trust them. It's, it was scary, needless to say. Wished I could have been more of a tough guy in that situation, but I don't think that would have gone good either. Thank God I wasn't with you. <laughs> Miss, <laughs> I'm not drunk and have a tag light out. Let's get here on the side of the road and have this discussion. Shit. They would have had the whole police force yeah, with me. SWAT would have been there. <laughs> well, since you and I won't be experiencing conjugal visits from now on, I guess we have some <laughs> events coming up. Yep. We actually get to go do some stuff. I don't have to go visit you in Louisiana. I wonder if they serve Cajun food in the jails there. That might be worth getting arrested over. I don't know. 
There's no telling because I have had prison food in Oklahoma and it's gross. I visited. <laughs> I took a tour. Okay. I thought this was going to be a better story. <laughs> I have not been arrested. I just did a tour. Well, let's talk about Podbash 2023 coming up. I'm excited. It's in Vegas this year. Sin City. And it just keeps getting bigger as the months progress. I cannot wait till it happens. Lots going on. Poolside parties. I'm sure room crawls. I know they added a night at the Palomino Strip Club. Yeah, go ahead and make sure if you guys are going to go book it because it is filling up. It is going to be crazy. They even got private parties at different clubs. Yes, it's going to be big this year. So reach out to us so we can help you get registered, but you need to book sooner than later. Let me put it that way because there's only a limited number of rooms and it's going to be big this year. Prior to that, some things coming up pretty soon is we will be attending the Ethical Non-Monogamy Summit that Brian and Brenner are hosting in Houston. Yeah, I look forward to that just because we debate the ethical portion of everything a lot. Only because, to me, coming from a religious background, just the different ethics in different churches is interesting. So when you get into the lifestyle, the meaning of ethics is different between each person and the way they were raised. As we say, even the ethics amongst lifestyle, swingers, kinksters, etc. varies from couple to couple. Very seldom do you find the same people with the exact same views. So I think Brian and Brenner are trying to do real big things with this, getting people involved that will bring ethics in non-monogamy to the forefront. So now that event is in Houston. Do you know the date? I believe May 19th and 20th, and it will be at the Swan Mansion, which I'm also very anxious to get to check out. Yeah, so hopefully everyone will see you there at that also. A couple other things coming up. We are still debating on the OKC pool party. We are... Yeah, so we're going to mention this episode, looking at changing up some things. We've debated whether or not to go to it this year. And I hate to say it, it's hard because we've gone 15 years. And so, I mean, it's this is a struggle for us not to go. But I hate to say it, I have PTSD from last year from your anxiety issue. And so I'm kind of, I might want to avoid it a year and regroup. Well, that was some of their paid entertainment. You know, some of the people we've gone out on dates with said, you know, I was not impressed with what was going on Saturday. Some of their entertainment, for lack of better terms, really brought the event down. We had a lot of people mention that to us, that that wasn't what they were expecting. They were expecting something a little more classy. And then this summer, we've got Naughty in New Orleans again in July. Are we definitely going to that? Possibly, if I'm able to get off work, we would like to go, because I, like I liked working it again. I did, too. That was a fun experience. And we Again, we really enjoyed the people we were working it with, so that added a new level of fun for us. Who thought working would be fun? Right? We basically got paid to watch people fuck for a couple hours. That really wasn't that hard of a job. I wish my real job, I wish my real job would uh, let me have that perk. Yep. So if anybody else has any suggestions of upcoming parties this summer, please reach out to us. I think we're going to try a few new things. We've talked about some possible road trips. So if you've got a party in your neighborhood or area that you think is a can't miss, let us know. Well, in any area, because like we've said, we travel so much, we're interested in even in different states, hitting up some different ones. We want to try something different. It's time to break monotony. We're kind of creatures of habit. Well, you had a little bit of a issue with the last house party we attended. Do you want to give a quick synopsis of what happened if someone hasn't listened to our prior episode yet? At the last house party that we were at, there was a big female orgy going on, and one of the husbands was quizzing me about joining and telling me that I needed to, and if I did not know this man, I would have been very uncomfortable and we probably would have left the party. 
for me, I feel like he didn't, he wasn't aware that not everyone plays like his wife and that for me, I feel like he needed to be careful in assuming that I'm into females and I wanted to go join the orgy because it, it kind of took me off guard because I was like, no. Well, since that went down, the host of the house party happened to listen to our show and reached out to me and was asking who the person was because they don't tolerate that, which I have to say that is really a show of class when a host will reach out like that and look out for the safety and comfort of their guests. Yeah, I think that her reaching out to us was the right thing to do because, number one, you don't want someone at your party that's going to put a bad stigma on your party. But also, she wanted to check in to make sure we were okay. So I definitely think that that's kudos to the host for sure. I know a lot of people, when they heard that part of the show, reached out and said, you know, it's terrible that you feel that way. But there are people that are good hosts that look to rectify the situation. And like I say, we we really give them props for reaching out to us. So we haven't quite started the year with a bang like we would hope to. We've had some things going on, but we are off to a good running start. Yeah, we've actually went on a handful of dates and some different stuff going on. Let's talk about one of our fun dates. So we brought up this couple that we've been getting to know recently, and we've decided to just go ahead and call them Honky Tonk and Princess. How does that sound? It's fitting because we uh, are going to talk about the stockyards, so that's definitely fitting. Honky Tonking at the stockyards. (laughs) So they flipped the script on us recently first of the month and popped up last minute and said hey we are going to the stockyards with some friends would you like to join us now i think you've actually apologized to people on our show that we have done that too that yeah we see how it is now but we were we were <laughs> down we were down to play or we were down to go <laughs> and the friends were vanilla but they are aware of the lifestyle she was former lifestyle right yes and with a new man that is, is getting introduced to it yes so it was considered a vanilla date you know, that's where you start. That's where you started by saying we were going to go. Yes. <laughs> well, I felt bad kind of interrupting their date because, again, they had friends in and they're inviting us. And, of course, you and I are going to be hitting on them or pretending not to, whichever. Yeah, I told you you have to behave down there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to remind you of that as this story progresses. <laughs> we'll see how this plays out. It's not my fault. Like I said, when I start drinking whiskey, I get... You're fucking or fighting. Yes. So we start off with a... Dinner at a little pub bar, got some introductions, and got comfortable with everybody. And I immediately started drinking whiskey. I think they know about you and started feeding you whiskey. I think that's part (laughs) of it. They were trying to move things along. So from there, we ended up at Billy Bob's. And I can say I'm officially a Texan now after all this time. I've had my first experience at Billy Bob's. Used to go there all the time, but this is my first time. I can't believe you've never been there. It's so crazy. Well, I worked in a country bar, and it's not really my bit anymore, but it is what it is. You say that, and you're like, I think I'm going to go buy me a pair of boots. I might start rocking them. I'll give me some shit kickers. I'm not going to wear a cowboy hat, though. So the Josh Abbott band was playing. Again, a Red Dirt Country band. When we went in, you were telling me, hey, you need to behave. So that pretty much went downhill from there in general because it wasn't me that was misbehaving. I don't remember what you're talking about. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Kind of like you tell me. It's probably good that you don't remember. Well, in all fairness, everyone, I did a scan around the bar, didn't recognize anyone, and everyone at the bar did not think you were my husband, so we didn't confuse anyone, because I started off from the get-go with... You started off rowdy. Now, when you said you did a scan around the bar, you basically stood up on a table like a meerkat or a groundhog, peered around and said, nope, I don't know anybody here. It's time to misbehave. Now, and here's the other deal. There were about 3,000 people in that fucking bar, so for you to get a good scan was nearly impossible. You look like a fucking meerkat up there peeking around you said nope we're good i'm like oh this is this is going left turn fast 
I did walk the bar three times. I even got into a fight with a girl over the table so she wouldn't take it from me. You're getting redneck. <laughs> What's that song, Redneck Woman? That's where I'm from. Sometimes it comes out. So we're getting cozy with our couple and try not to leave their couple out in the cold too much. But I think after a bit, they said they were sick, which will come into play later. They made an early exit and took our friend's vehicle home from the stockyards, leaving us alone with our dates. <laughs> you have nothing to say. You're going you're to plead the fifth and pretend like you don't remember anything. So we've coupled off with this friends of ours and making out and trying. Don't even don't even act like you're going to speak yet. <laughs> I don't remember you guy, you and her doing much no. besides laughing at us. Exactly. Exactly. So Miss <laughs> Thing. I might have been standing on the the little armrails <laughs> like a little meerkat. <laughs> Even throughout the concert, let me put it that way. <laughs> so as you mentioned, me and her are behaving, and she kind of asked me why at one point, and I said, well, Kimmy told me I need to behave. We're in a vanilla environment. And she goes, behave like that. So I looked to my right there. You've got your both your tits out in Billy Bob's, and you're basically tit-fucking our friend over his pants. And she was like, you're supposed to behave like that? I said, I, I don't know what to say. We understand different definitions of behave. So do you want to speak on that? Blaming it on the whiskey. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to care, but I'm just like, you have a different idea of behaving than I do. I don't recall it. I'm bleeding the fifth. Okay. Well, you better stick with that story then. But you got to remember, I picked you up in a Western bar. So my Western bar experience is a lot different. See, that's why you shouldn't be going out by yourself all the time to this place. <laughs> it was fun, though. I, I kept it chill. She and I kept it pretty light for the most part. She and I did have some pretty in-depth conversations, though. And this is the same couple that we've mentioned that she's going to tear me apart, which you and him were sitting back a couple times, and I'd hear you say, one point princess, one point Lee. Two points, princess, because the shit talking was pretty deep, as usual. She, yep. and I, she and I are both a little bit aggressive. I do have to say something on her confidence level. Not only is she talk shit, she is a pretty cocksure chick, for lack of better terms, because she was asking me what I was into, and she's like, oh, no, I need deeper than that. And I'm like, oh, this is not just the simple, we're in the same room, this and that. She was really digging down and asking me what we're into, which was almost kind of refreshing, you know, one that wanted to talk that openly. Hmm. Yeah, you, no words for you. You were just action, so this is above you. Maybe him and I need to have some in-depth conversation. <laughs> I guess let me know when, because I'm going to have to separate y'all with the water hose. Which, going back to that topic, she and I were talking, and that was one thing we really liked about this couple, is he mans up and does what he's supposed to. He's not overbearing or tries to impose his will on you, but it's also when we're together, I don't have to worry about you not getting any action or getting any attention. No, and I also like the way that he interacts with his wife. Also, along with me and it's not like he's trying to do something shady or there's trying to some alternative motive like it's just a good vibe between all four of us I feel like now we did finally have to excuse ourselves for Billy Bob's because my boobs were not staying contained they were wanting to come out and play yes I I swear my shirt like got shorter as the night progressed actually come to think of it actually started the evening coming out we went to the little underground bar and you walked in for some reason, he pulled your top up and you were just standing there. And the bartender girl was like, I'm not opposed to this. I forgot about that until you <laughs> yeah. mentioned, hell, your brooms were out all over the stockyards. Classy lady I got here, by the way. Yeah, that's what happens when I go Western. <laughs> Never an adult moment. <laughs> well, we finished the night at one of the little service industry bars that their son works at. Now, this is the same son that was trying to pick you up at the midget wrestling. Yes. If he was only 40 years older, it would be a different scenario. 
Well, he actually told us that he was trying to find somewhere to get a fake ID that said he was 49. <laughs> How many 19-year-olds try to pass off as that old? <laughs> it's just because he knows that I don't go after younger guys. So we closed down that little bar, and we're going to have to drive our friends home, which they were also supposed to drive their son home. But again, their friends from Florida took their vehicle home. So the five of us piled in my vehicle and headed home, which led to some interesting conversations on the way home. Yeah, they are open with their adult children about their lifestyle. Maybe too open. That brings me to a story that as we were going along, they were talking about some of their world travels and brought up Thailand. And Miss Princess was like a little wasted. And she said, yeah, I slept with a hot lady boy in Thailand. And we're all like, what? I mean, you can't throw that out there and then not have 500 questions to follow up. I want to know everything and every scenario possible. But the bad part is their son was a little freaked. He was like, I'm cool with whatever y'all do. I just don't want to know details. And he's kind of like, la, 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 la. I don't want to know this about mom. Now, to talk about what a bad bitch this chick is, she was talking about she paid for a lady boy. And she said it was actually pretty good sex. She said, I was impressed. But she was like, I got off. And then the lady boy's like, oh, I think I'm going to come now. And she's like, oh, I didn't pay you to fucking come. She's like, I'm out of here. She's like, I've done all my, I'm going to do here. So this is the kind of chick I'm dealing with here. I don't know if she's up to my par or not, but she's a bad chick. Oh, this is going to be so fun to watch. <laughs> so we continue that date one more day. It was a football Sunday and they invited us over to hang out with their friends, which again, you said we're going to try to keep it PG. I did. Yeah. I might have had a little bit of a hangover. I was just eating a lot of food and being pretty chill. Well, she and I were sitting on the couch at one point, and y'all were all in the kitchen, and we were watching the end of a football game. And as crazy as it is, I know you you and him have gone at it. She and I have literally not done much for some reason. Yeah, because you guys are in-depth talking. But how fucking weird is that? <laughs> you guys are trying I'd, to I'd, mind-fuck each other, apparently. Uh, yeah, the shit-talking's deep, and it actually leads to real conversations. But I realized how much you and him had done, and not that that directly plays anything but i was like i haven't made any effort on her so while she was sitting there she for some reason her elbow was rubbing against my crotch i'm like okay she, she knows what she's doing she's a tease so i finally took her hand and traced it around it while i was sitting there i was rock fucking hard luckily y'all were in there not to distract me but she at one point crawls over on top of me and starts dry humping me and is looking in towards the kitchen while you guys are sitting on the couch okay and i see her make this face and kind of stop mid-stroke and she kind of sits back down. She's like, uh, he gave me the signal to behave while we got company here. <laughs> it it might have might have progressed fucking right there on the couch if it if we had had time and there hadn't been company. Yep. It was getting hot and heavy. Now, we had also later that night scheduled a Netflix and chill date for them with them for the next weekend. But what happened between point A and point C? I got very sick. We think it came from their couple that left Billy Bob's because they were supposedly sick. Yeah, I'm convinced of it. I messaged them and I was like, what was, what did she have? And it sounded like allergies, which is what I had. But then not only did I get sick, my daughter got sick when she was around me. And then her friend got sick from being around her. So it was definitely some kind of little virus. Which put a kibosh on, on, on us hooking up with them yet. Damn it. That's why we don't schedule. So between your illness, which really took over and hit you hard, and my work travel, we basically had about a two and a half week period there through mid-January where there was nothing going on with us and other couples. Now, don't play off that you were just sitting around for two weeks bored while I was sick. I was feeding you chicken noodle soup every day. No, 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 no. You actually had a little bit of fun while I was sick. 
Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> it wasn't all bad. Well, let's tell everyone what you did. Your excitement caught you off guard that I'm talking about it, huh? But you actually had some fun. You went down to Austin. So tell everyone what you did. So prior to you being sick, we had a date scheduled with KB in Austin, Texas. She was flying down to meet a friend, and we were going to take her lifelong friend to the swinger club. For the first time. Now, you were coming out of your sickness a little bit, but you still weren't good enough to go out. So you, I guess, haul past me. And let me take her out. It's not a hall pass. I don't feel like it's a hall pass. What do you feel it is then? I rented you out to her. (laughs) You whored my ass out. (laughs) Trade me for a pack of Marlboros. I'll take that too. I'm not ashamed. I don't know. That week I did sound like I was smoking about a pack. I was coughing so bad. (laughs) Yeah, you're pretty nasty. Which gave me some free time with her. Now we did have a long discussion because as everyone knows, we don't typically date separately or play separately. But... We talked about it, and especially with her, I knew, like, I'm so comfortable with her, I was okay with it, and I wanted you to go and show off Austin's clets because, you know, we have been there, and that was her first time going there also. Well, you mentioned that you and her kind of worked that out, and she asked you if I could go with her, and you said the first thing she asked is, can I play with them? Yes, and I said yes. I'm not that mean. I can't imagine being like, yeah, I'm going to let him drive four hours down there, and then no putting a chastity belt on him. Maybe I should do that. Maybe you should quit thinking. <laughs> That's why I don't let you think. I just keep you around for cuteness. Mm-hmm. Fun at Western bars. But even without you there, I had a really great date. Now, she was dropped off at the hotel that I was staying at because she was staying the night with me. And she and I kind of got ready in the room and drove up to Colette. As we pulled in the parking lot, her friend called and said, "Uh, we don't want to spend that kind of money to go out tonight. We're going to stay in. So we are literally pulling in, trying to find valet parking. And I asked her, I said, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how serious are you about staying here? And she's like, I'm down for whatever, which as you and I have spoke about, we're going to talk about more of this episode. Going to the club is really not our bit. Maybe not even anymore. It may change as it goes forward, but I I just wasn't in the club mood with her. So I told her, you know, how do you feel about going to sixth street? I kind of explained it's like a college town version of bourbon street. So she and I headed down there. Yeah, I think that if you're not in the mood to go to the club, definitely don't go because I think that you guys weren't sure how long the night was going to be, if you're going to end up back at the hotel or what. So it wouldn't have been a good time to, oh, you know what? I'm going to say this squirrel moment. Um, One of our conversations about you going to the Lifestyle Club without me was what if you guys run across the situation of playing with someone? Kind of new territory for us. Me, yes. Me playing with a date with another couple. Yep. I mean, we we run across that in the clubs a lot. We did have that discussion. And basically, you said, I trust you and her's judgment together. Yep. For starters. But you also said, you know, maybe step outside and call me or FaceTime me, you and her together, and tell me, explain to me what you got going on and what the situation is. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know the other people's middle name at all. Yeah. But I just want to know, hey, we found a couple that we're interested in. And then, you know, We'd go from there. Which I had in the back of my mind, but I'm also like, she's not that quick to hook up with anybody, and I don't see me and her seeking that out. I think, you know, ultimately she and I were planning on playing when it came down to it. Not, like I say, I shelved the idea, but also was like, you know, I know I know my boundaries and rules with you if it happens. Yeah, and I just kind of, I wanted to touch base on it because I, in case you guys did go and the scenario did happen, I didn't want 
either you guys or I to be blindsided of like, oh, wait a minute, you're going to play with someone else and with another couple, you know, like, so I just was like, oh, this is a possibility. We've been in the lifestyle long enough to know this is a possibility. I knew that when she and I were in the parking lot, that both she and I are introverted. And I'm just like, you know, what are we going to get out of this? You know, if, if her friends had been there and we had, you know, had that expansion of the group and the comfort there, it it had been fun. But I also knew that she and I were not going to want to go in there and mingle with a ton of people. That's really not our bits. So I, I felt like the Sixth Street option was the better of the two. And it was. It, honestly, when I got down there, I felt it took her a little bit to warm up, not knowing what we were going into. And plus, we weren't totally dressed for it. She was in a sheer lace top with a bra under it and heels that weren't exactly good for walking, you know, more club heels. So there was that. But but right off the bat, she suggested she and I go into a country bar and listen to some live music. And then we went to another one. And then we ended up at a interior balcony bar that was huge that she and I were hanging out together and making out a little bit and people watching. Now, at one point, she was messaging me and sending me pictures on Snapchat of like the views and all the crowds and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was still with you guys interacting a little bit. You've asked me the couple times I've been on either play dates or date dates, how it is without you. I prefer the threesome dynamic. I'm not going to lie, but she and I click so well that it's it's not a hard sell. Yeah. And I trust you guys, so it's I'm good with it. Which is cool. And she's very upfront about everything. Yeah. So there's there's no shady shit going on. No. And that's what when I said that you would come down there and then she was like, are you sure? You know, like our dynamic and conversations was very honest and very open about what expectations were and what the rules were. And so I think it was going to be a good journey for us. So after a while, she finally just says, do you want to go back to the hotel? Which, of course, was a yes for me. So we had a uber sexy play section coming off the New Year's experience with her. So it's a little bit different than that. It's a little bit different one-on-one with her versus the three of us. I'll be honest. Yeah. And this isn't the first time you've had one-on-one times with her. You've There's been a couple. Florida and... When she came here yeah. before. Yeah. Now, one of the other podcasters was recently talking about having their first husband staying overnight with another woman and talk about how intimate that was. And I guess I agree and disagree both. I, I know when she and I get done playing, we snuggle for a few minutes and we literally turn our backs to each other and go to sleep. There's <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are wore out though. I'd have to say all the intimate stuff comes before we actually go to bed. Cause once she and I lay down, we're both out cold. No, all, although I do have to say, um, and I don't know if you notice this, but you and her do kind of like I'm just going to say rub each other yeah. and pat each other. So I can see where the intimacy and you guys snuggle. Because you guys do that when I get up and go to the bathroom, you guys are doing that. And so I do see where that could be a struggle for someone that the trust is not there. Or I don't even want to say trust, but just the the gray area. The gray area being feelings? Yes. I could see that. Yeah. Where... With her, I trust the intentions that she has with you when you guys are alone or with me. There is no no gray area that I'm worried about. Let me put it that way. That's fair. Well, I know the next morning we woke up, you know, she and I were making out a little bit and she kind of dozed back to sleep and I was tickling her on her back and kissing on her neck and I was kind of leaning up against the headboard and I fell back asleep. Now, to tell what a brat this girl is, a few minutes later, while I'm dozing off, she's like, would you please keep rubbing and kissing me? And I woke up. I'm like, oh, I have to go back to work. <laughs> and I was thinking, you unicorn brat. That was literally what came to my head. You see how these couples and guys cater to you, these girls. 
But she was like, would you please keep around? I'm like, oh my God. Yes, I will. Of course I will. I have you trained. Now, without you, I did get to experience something I've never really had before. <laughs> what was that? I had a quickie. <laughs> They're foreign to me. I had no idea what a quickie was prior to this. Now, I'm not going to say how quick because I was embarrassed. We were we were trying to get ready, and I, I think we were both wanting to play a little bit. But they were also, housekeeping was banging on the door. So she came out of the shower, and we got after it, and I finished pretty quick. And I looked at the clock again, and I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> it was literally one of those. Well, I think that when you take me out of the threesome, then you don't realize because like her and I will play together and then you and I play together and then you and her play together, then the three of us play together. So, I mean, it, it is a lengthy playtime when we play together. <laughs> but I'm not Speedy Gonzalez with anybody, so this was new territory for me. No, sometimes I'm like, let's go, hurry up. <laughs> So now my question was, after you told me that, was she upset that it was a quickie? I don't know about that. I, we only get one word answers out of her now on Facebook, so that may not be good. But <laughs> here's the deal. I, I think I was charged recently for a uh, new comforter, a new set of sheets from the experience. So uh, she can't say too much. <laughs> now you guys all make fun of me because I throw a fit about putting towels down because I don't want to sleep in a wet spot. And now I am the um, pound Nazi. As much as I hate to say it. Your voice popped into my head during that of, we should have put down a fucking towel. Because it happened that night, and then again that morning. That morning, I'm like, we're checking out. Fuck this place. But that night, that was both of our thoughts is, we should have put down a fucking towel. You're like, hmm, who's going to sleep in this? I didn't want to tell you that part of that story, because you'd be right. <laughs> so to not totally neglect my wife, once you started coming out of your sickness, you were in the mood to get out of the house after being locked up for two and a half, three weeks. And I took you on a little date. We went to an area called Lower Greenville down here. It's kind of a little trendy place, I guess you could say. It's got a bunch of upscale bars and restaurants and clubs. Plenty of things to do. Bunch of good eating places. Oh my God. I hate to get carried away with food, but the pizza we had was fucking amazing. For some <laughs> reason, that the, just the smell of it lured me in and you're giggling. What do you got to giggle about? <laughs> about the, t <laughs> the pizza that the guy talked you into getting. <laughs> Yeah, so the initial one that caught my eye was called like the Butcher's Choice or something. It was a meat pizza. I don't read real well because I can't see real well, but I caught that part of it. We'd ordered margarita, and the owner was telling me, he said, hey, I can do a half and half for you. And I'm like, that sounds pretty good. So he did a half Butcher's butcher's Choice and the other half margarita. And the words that I apparently couldn't see on the menu were spicy. No, um, ghost pepper cheese. Yeah, two bites into this motherfucker, and I realized I made a mistake because my head was already sweating. My half of the pizza was hot from the sauces and stuff just fuming over to it. I was dying. I powered through it, and it was, the flavor was amazing. In addition to the ghost pepper and the sausage and the hamburger, it had hot honey, which I've never had before, which gave an amazing flavor. The owner, I personally think, was hitting on you a little bit. Why do you say that? Because he kept checking in on you. And when you were going to the bathroom, he cornered you and talked to you for a very long time and kept offering you another pizza. Now, just because somebody's offering to make me another pizza while they're giving me a reach around doesn't necessarily mean they're gay. Oh, my that, God. I, I would think that was just customer, good customer service. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk to me. Maybe you should have offered him a reach around. <laughs> <laughs> we just started a train down the bathroom line there. That's, that's called a circle jerk, if, I, if my knowledge is correct. <laughs> What am I getting jerked? <laughs> Fuck, that's a good question. <laughs> You're the pivot man. That's it, actually. I'm getting the short end of the stick on this one. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't be talking about my stick on the show. 
So there is no normal night with us. We left the pizza place and we're, we're trying a couple of upstairs balcony bars. And as you and I are sitting there enjoying a few martinis, you say, look at that flame over there on that fire pit table across from us. So I don't see very well, but I do see a big flame coming up. And apparently the flame wasn't on the fire pit. It was on the girl that put her bell bottoms in it. Yeah, the fringe on the bottom caught fire. And what's crazy is her two friends just sat there and watched her while the other one stood for a long, long time and then finally threw a glass of something on her when you're running over there. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I hope it's not liquor. Yeah, nobody was doing anything. And I was like, I've got to jump in because they were sitting there like freaking bobbleheads. And as I'm running there, I, I realized as I'm taking it off to put her out, I had a brand new company jacket on. And all I could think is, fuck, I'm fixing to ruin this jacket, putting out this dumb 20-something-year-old that's on fire. And what's crazy is that she literally, afterwards, sat there and pouted, like a little two-year-old having a little temper tantrum. And then, five minutes later, she starts TikToking about it. Saying, oh my God, I almost died. I, I caught on fire. Needless to say, the bouncers came out and shut off their damn fire table. <laughs> They weren't responsible enough to be able to sit by the open flame. We asked our waitress how often that happens. She was like, that was the first time I've seen somebody that fucking stupid to put their feet <laughs> in the fire. <laughs> Great thing we were there to witness it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So we weren't quite done after that excitement and tried one more balcony bar. Now, while I was in line getting drinks, I lost you. And I finally found you and you'd actually had a table full of hot young things with you. Well, there was no tables. And so I just joined them. I was like, ah, do you care if my husband and I sit with you? <laughs> I, I thought you were wingman to me until you told me how young they were. And I'm like, eh, might be a little bit young for us. The redhead was pretty sweet though. Yeah. Well, both of them were nice, but they were mm. too The redhead young. was single too. <laughs> they were too young. I'll agree. But conversation took a weird turn and we actually kind of asked them how the dating scene was because one was talking about being engaged and the other was talking about being on 20, 20 consecutive dates that were junk based on what we run into with, I guess, single males and couples. We were kind of comparing notes and, oh my God, I feel sorry for what these girls have to go through. I also hoped that I raised my son better than some of the stories I was hearing from these girls. Oh yeah. We were telling them about, um, KB does the dating diaries. And so the redhead started telling us a story about one of the dates that she went on. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I'll let you take that one. As one of them's telling the story, she goes, do you know what O-T-P-H-J means? And I'm like, H-J, uh, I'm thinking hand job, but I said, I have you no idea. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but I have no idea what the rest is. So she basically spells it out to me. It's over the pants hand job. And I'm like, okay, apparently there's more to the story. I was like, are we in fifth grade? What the hell? So somehow she ended up over to guy's house because she was too drunk to drive home. And the guy was kind of creepy. And the guy texts her while she's on the couch or in the other room and says, well, what do you think about a over-the-pants hand job?" And she was like, I think it's not going to happen. Let me out of here. Yeah, seriously. Who does that? I know we're not quite on the same level as these millennials and some of the others, but God, please tell me nobody else is doing this. No, I do over-the-pants over the hand job at the bar. You were doing over-the-pants. That's actually what I thought. You were doing over-the-pants titty fuck. So there's a... <laughs> We didn't have to spell it out, though. But I don't need to text someone and be like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> it was fun talking to him, though, but you can see where these creepy guys and creepy male halves of the couples are not ever changing their game. One definite standout from our date was some of the communication that you and I had about what's going on in our lives. You were asking me if we wanted to change where we went, how we did it, how we played. Like we said in the past, we always check in with each other after we've done something different or tried different adventures. And you travel on the road, you're getting back out there quite a bit more. 
And I know that, you know, with KB, you traveled and you had a whole new adventure. And so that I thought that was something we should touch and see if that was something we wanted to look into further. Well, just to elaborate on that, you even brought up couples that we know that you would be comfortable me playing separate with or going out separate with. Like if a certain person was in Houston that weekend that I was there, that we could play with your permission and, and knowledge of it. But by the same token, that there are certain swinger couples that we have even played with that you would not necessarily allow me the freedom to do that with. And it's all, again, based on who it is and the circumstances. Well, and for me, I just think that this is a good example that this is our journey and we're not in a set square box. It's if we want to try something, we need to try it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, it's about what fits us. And just because you went down and played with someone doesn't mean that the next person or someone else we played with that that's going to fit into our dynamic with that couple or that person. But the conversations also expanded our outlook of things. In addition to you asking me those, those questions, I kind of proposed it to you. Hey, I would like to see you do this with single guy, couple, et cetera, you know, through some new things out there that we haven't even really ventured into. I just think we're at a good place communication wise where we have the luxury to do that. Yeah. And that's what, you know, the lifestyle is all about is communicating and fulfilling each other's wants and desires and being able to encourage each other to do that positively. So with that said, getting back to some topics that we haven't really covered in a while and some questions that have been posed to us, I've been chatting with a bunch of friends and listeners, etc., kind of talking about the dynamics that we're taking, the different routes of play we're taking. And with us, I think we are trying to get away from club play or you know, ex- spending excessive time in the clubs, the time and money we spent on them in the last couple of years, we really haven't felt we got much out of them unless there was something going on we really wanted to attend. We typically walked out of a club bored with it. And that's what we've mentioned to a lot of people. Some people are popping up saying, hey, I am not finding adequate play couples. And we basically go back to them and say, OK, are you fishing a dry hole? And I think that's what we want to cover today. When you think fishing in a dry hole, what we're saying is if you're doing the same thing, you're throwing the same lines out, you're not catching anything new, then there's no fish in the sea or in that hole. Let's try something different. Go somewhere else. If you're always doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. Just like in the lifestyle, if we only did the same routine, we only went and played with couples this way, this way, this way, it's going to get bored. We're going to get bored. We're going to just not want to be in the lifestyle anymore, or we're not going to grow in the lifestyle. And I think you should always grow in life. And so this is our lifestyle. So we want to make sure we're fulfilling everything and all of the fun adventures. Well, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So when somebody pops up and says, I'm not getting the hits on what I'd like to be playing with, you know, I ask them, are you putting yourself in a situation where there are potential playmates? Now, we talked about clubs, how we've kind of backed out. Those of you that don't know, our background is a club background. You've worked in clubs. I've gone to clubs forever and a day. So the nightclub, nightlife clubs is just something that we want to get away from because We've done it for so long. We had a five-year stretch when we first got together, or a little bit before and after we got together, that that's all we did. That's the scene we were immersed in. Now, for me, I was a little bit older. You started a bit younger, which you also went out to clubs when you weren't pregnant in college and between college. I actually started going to nightclubs when I was 14. I had a fake ID, and that was just what we did. And so here at 
40 plus years, I'm like, ugh. It's the same thing over and over. Same music, same line dances. So for me, I want to do, if I'm going to go and meet someone and I'm trying to hook up with someone or get to know them, a dance club is not the place for me. And unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the lifestyle clubs are becoming night clubs. They're not the secret society clubs, I guess is the best way you could say it. I'll always make the similarity about the lifestyle and the movie Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. That seems to have gone out the window. Now we can debate on a future episode whether that's good or bad, but again, it seems like it's just the people, a lot of it is people that are sex positive, which there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're looking for play partners and 60 of the 100 people are in there just to show off their boobs and dance, that's not what you're there for. Yeah. When we were talking about clubs and we wrote our pros and cons, I wrote down my pros and cons for the club. Do you want to tell them what I wrote down? Because you got a kick out of this. Yeah, we were scratching down a few notes just to keep us on track. And her pros and cons, pros of the club are lots of people. The cons are the exact same people every week. (laughs) The pros and cons are both the people. And I guess that's really part of it. Okay, so for me, it's it's true. The pros are there's a lot of people that go to the clubs, but if you're not DTF, it's hard to get that one-on-one connection from a club. Now, the cons is a lot of them are the same people that go to the club. So if you're not interested in them the first time you meet them, you're not going to be interested in them the second time you meet them to play with. I think this would be a good point to jump in that prior to doing any pursuing of other couples, you and your spouse need to have had a good talk about how you're pursuing people. For example, if you want to go out to the club and you want to fuck then, you need to have that worked out with your wife that that's how you can go about it. Because I can't imagine taking you to a club and me just grabbing a couple and saying, okay, we're going to fuck. And you're going to say, wait a minute, that is not how we go about this. Yeah, exactly. You need to be on the same page. On the flip side, if you go out with a date, because we get this a lot. A lot of people will be like, hey, there's another couple. They Let's go meet up at Club A. And so we go to Club A with this other couple. Here's Here's pros and cons of this. You can't talk to other couples because you're wanting to spend all your time with that couple that you've gone with, or what if someone comes up and basically takes off with your couple? Then you're kind of a shit creek. Yeah, we've had dates stolen out from us before. We've taken dates to a club, and then they popped up later, and they said, well, this couple that we met online that's in from Florida, this is the only time we'll get to play with them. Sorry. And we can see you guys next week. Yeah, which I kind of see that, but it's also like, you know, what what about us? What are we supposed to do now? We're not going to be anybody's second choice. Um, if, if you put us there, you, you've done missed out. Yeah. Now, it also helps if you identify if you're a DTF or social swinger. When we go to the clubs, it is just to mingle and dance. I'd say dance more than anything because the volume of the music in 90% of the clubs is really too loud to get to know anybody. So for us, that takes out the social part of it where we're going to make a connection. Now, we might meet somebody there that we stay in touch with through social media or a messenger and pursue another date with. But for us, it's the way we look at it. It is hard to move anything forward with somebody at the club or from the club. Now, I will say this, though, is we have met several people at the club, got to talk to them briefly, but then we meet them in other settings such as meet and greets, house parties, or different things. And that's when we get to talk to them and meet them more. So, I mean, it's kind of, you need to know what you're getting into, but if you're not taking people home from the club because you're not DTF or you're not playing there at the club, then you've got to try something different. 
Let's talk about events. This can be a big event or a small event. It could be anything from naughty in New Orleans to a, let's say, a hotel takeover. These have their pros and cons as well. I would say one of the pros for me is you get to meet a large variety of lifestyle people that are into so many different things. and But you have to take the time to go up to them and talk to them. I mean, there might be someone that's into furries. There might be someone that's into kink. But here's the deal. Based on the event, you can tailor what you're looking for. You can find your furries party. You can find your kink party. I would say as a pro, that would really help more so than anything. That would really help you streamline what what it is you're looking for rather than taking a shotgun approach if you go to a kink convention chances are you're going to find your kink if you go to a furry convention you're going to find your type of people now if you attended a general naughty new orleans you may have onesie or twosie of these people yeah but you have to definitely go up and talk to people and find out oh what are you into now i will say on the flip side of this typically if you go to one of these larger groups or large events or small events you tend to stick to the people that you've met or that you hang out with. So therefore, you're not going out and meeting people and talking. So you have to force yourself to go around and introduce yourself and find the dynamic that matches your play style. That also goes to why we don't travel with people typically. We will meet friends there, but we're not going to take somebody with us to Naughty New Orleans. Why bring sand to the beach? If I go to Naughty New Orleans or we go to a cruise, I want to meet somebody from Florida that I haven't met. I want to meet somebody from the Pacific Northwest. We go on a cruise. I want to meet somebody from another country. So why bring your same posse and hang with them all the time? Granted, it's fun to enjoy experiences with friends, but hey, we're looking for new experiences. We can experience our friends anytime we want during the month. Or we have a group that we have traveled with, but we will all split up. And like if they're going over there, they'll be, they're talking to someone, we're talking to someone. There is no, we have to sit at this table and only be at this table because you see that a lot. And I would be willing to bet this is the same people that say they are not meeting anybody. Well, you've locked yourself up in a click at an event and the person that might have been very attracted to you was too intimidated to come interrupt or couldn't even get into the conversation of your click. So th- things to keep in mind there. There is no right or wrong way, but we've learned and seen tricks that can help you navigate this. Now, I will say one thing we have learned that we've talked about on past episodes is talk to people at large events, small events. Talk to people when you go up to the bar. Talk to people when you're on the elevator. Talk to people when you go to the bathroom. And that will give you more opportunities. You know, like I will meet someone and then I'll bring them over and I'll be like, hey, this is my husband. And then I'll go back chatting with them. And then Lee will circle back around if he's interested getting to know them. And then we'll meet up later and be like, oh, what do you think of them? You know, I'll admit as an introvert, small talk is hard, but you also don't have to have a real in-depth conversation. You just kind of have to put your personality out there. If the other person is interested, it will progress from there. I can't tell you how many people at the New Year's Eve event we went to, six of us are stuck in an elevator. We tried to small talk and shoot the shit with them and they acted like they didn't want to say crap. You know, maybe it's just that was their judgment. We weren't their types or whatever. You can read people. If someone's sitting there giving you the cold shoulder, they're probably not going to be what you want in bed if you're outgoing. Now, let me jump in here with this one. One thing that we really gravitate towards is meet and greets. I think the way our personalities work is it's a good fit for both of us on meeting new people. Now, for the meet and greets, they're anywhere from at bars, at houses, at just outings. So you meet a wide variety. People come in from all over and so I, I do like the meet and greets a little bit better for me. Depending on where it's at, as you mentioned, and how well run it is, 
this is a good hunting opportunity or fishing opportunity, however you look at it. You get a chance to develop some rapport with somebody. For us, it's usually, hey, we met this couple, we click good, let's get your numbers, let's progress to dinner and possibly there. I mean, it can move that fastly. You know, you could leave a meeting greet and go to a hotel, but that's not our style of play. We're not DTF. So it, it kind of helps us pre-qualify if we're going to go out on a future date with somebody. And we've also met some people that, hey, you know, we spent five minutes talking to them. It wasn't a good fit. We're not going to invest anything else. Like I said, at the club, we might have seen them at the club, but didn't get to talk to them because it was too loud or whatever was happening. Then here in the DFW, there's a lot of meet and greets. So we'll see them at a meet and greet and we'll go over and talk to them. And we'll be like, hey, we saw you here. And it's just great to get to know them on a more intimate level, I guess you could say. The one con I really have is a lot of people sit at the table with their group. And sometimes it's hard to go up when everyone's just sitting there around with their backs basically to anyone to come up to. And let me ask you a question. Do you think meet and greets for newbies is less threatening than a club scenario? That is a tough question, but I think a meet and greet is a little bit better because people are going to talk to you when you go up to get a drink or when you're kind of standing around. They will include you. Someone will. At a club, I mean, we see it People will go and sit on the couch and never talk to anyone the whole night. Or it's a meat market. It's every man for themselves. Yes. I kind of feel like when we go to meet and greets that you and I, as well as a lot of other couples, split off from each other and go talk. Yes. You know, it it can be clicky as anything, but a click is just a group of people that know each other. You know, I feel like you and I separate and may not see each other through a whole meet and greet unless we're cross-introducing each other to a new couple we've met. Well, and I have found that a lot of the people that we've been hanging out with, they all do that also. I think it is good. We'll come in together, we split up, and then we'll come back and we kind of, hey, do you want a drink? And that's just kind of checking on each other. Are you good? I like the meet and greets. I think that they're, we've gone to them where that you can have games. You can, I mean, just, you can do so much with meet and greets. And I really like meet and greets. Let me ask you one other quick question that's popped in my head since we've been doing a lot of meet and greets. Do you feel that guys and girls mingle adequately? I say back in my early days, I would sit there and talk to a guy for five hours and then be like, okay, I'm not talking to any women. This is not helping my cause. Do you feel that the sexes mingle equally like they should? Hmm. Actually, I would say yes, because I feel like just the other night we went to a meet and greet and you were talking with a guy about hot rods and then I came in and I was talking and then another girl walked in I mean we just all kind of pop in but then like we like I popped in for a minute and then I walked off so meet and greet you're not having to have long lengthy conversations because it's just short or you can go over to a table and have a longer one I mean we met all kinds of different people and I think on the basis of fishing that's the way to do throw out as many lines as you can if you're DTF see what snags if you're not DTF see what uh, mutual interest there is with people Well, let's get into house parties. Let's change it up a little bit. Now, do we like house parties or not? Here's the deal. Mm. Here's the lifestyle. You can differ. I have to say it depends on the house party. Now, here is a note to everyone. Know what kind of house party you're going to. And you may just have to ask and put your pride out there. Yes. Whoever the hostess is, just private message them and say, what typically happens at your house parties? We have been to all kinds. Some of them we love. Some of them we have snuck out the back door. Some of them... We've seen the full spectrum. Yes. We've seen the full spectrum from playing Monopoly to some play, some don't, to some totally DTF parties. Yeah. And we, I think we probably lean a little bit towards the middle there. Yeah. 
I think with house parties, there is more opportunity to play. A lot of the house parties, especially in the DFW area, have playrooms set up. Um, I think for me, I like it because you can see the personalities of people. People are more relaxed. People kind of goof off a little bit. And if you know me, goofing off is a big deal. You see a little more nudity. Cons, I would have to say it's not your house party. <laughs> it's not the house party you want to go to. Let me put it that way. <laughs> oh, so you're saying you get over your head or yeah. somewhere that you don't want to be or not comfortable? Just like the one house party we went to, it was game night, which was play night. And you, that was not your scene. Was it your scene? No. Okay, well, you're, you're blaming it on me, but you're the one that kind of got the invite for it, and we knew the people. Well, we knew the host, but it was we it, didn't know anybody else there. It was a little quicker play than what I thought. I hadn't even sipped half a drink when they're like, okay, it's time to fuck. And I'm like, whoa, that was quick. What was your yeah. name again? <laughs> yeah, I think house parties, they can be scary because a lot of people think they're the key parties. You know, I mean, there's so many different varieties, but I would just say know going in what you're okay with what you're not. Lee's not going to go off into the bedroom with someone without me knowing or something like that. Or you setting it up. Or me setting it up. I have normally set stuff up for you. But I'm just saying like, you need to talk to your partner before you go to the house party. What is the expectations? What are we getting into? Are we going to walk in and everyone's going to strip their clothes and we're naked all night? Are we walking into a DTF? Are we walking into just a wine party? You know, like you need to know what you're getting into. The one house party was, there was a girl orgy. I'm not into that, but I, watching it, I wasn't, I was comfortable with it, but I was a little uncomfortable when I was told you should go join. But then I was just like, no, that's not my scene. And I just walked away. Well, I'm going to say from my view of it, a house party is a great opportunity to have some casual and advance it to intimate conversations with somebody. You know, we can be sitting there on the couch talking and then making out and it lead to a bedroom. But I would say the downside, if you're not, if you're more of a social swinger and don't lean more towards the DTF is when it comes to that past the making out part, you have to have a quick conversation and honestly identify if you're going to take it to the bedroom or not. Then you have to back out if, you know, like, hey, we've been making out, but uh, we're not going to play. Well, let's talk about like house parties and fishing in a dry hole. If you only go to house parties with the same people and you're not playing or you're not interested in, I mean, yeah, your friends are fun, but you're not getting anyone new in your circle, then maybe you should try a new house party or try something different. And that's a good point because a lot of the house parties we've been to, pretty much if you, let's say there's 30 people, your same 20 are pretty much your key group and they'll rotate out the other 10. That's pretty much a given. So just know what you're getting into, I would say, with the house parties. Try different ones. Well, lastly, where we always hope this ends up is a two-by-two date that ends up at a hotel room. One reason we like these is because we really get to know the people that we're going to play with. We get to know if they're going to be good friends, if they're going to be a good fit. They're good play matches. Matches. Good playmates. So that's kind of, that's kind of where we take it as a little more intimate for us. Some people it does scare because they don't want to be tied down to someone for dinner or something, but just go for a drink, go for coffee, you know, do something short where you can get to know them like, Hey, you know, we play as couples, same room. Do you guys, you know, it doesn't have to be a two hour dinner date. Do something quick. 
go for ice cream. Or you could do as we did, go to a concert. Hell, you go play putt-putt golf or something. That's what we keep trying to drill. It doesn't necessarily have to be a club. And I guess if you are not hitting on the amount or quality of people that you're wanting to hook up with, I guess you might ask yourself that question. Am I trying to seal the deal? If this is the way we play, are we asking people out on dates that are going to lead to a hotel room? There's so many new apps that are out there that you can find dates and hookups off those. But if it's not working for you, then try something different. Go to one of these other clubs, events, meet and greets, house parties, and see if that's something different for you. And that's a better way to find a hookup. Well, I'm often surprised at how some people look at us like we have three heads when we talk about scheduling a date with them or someone else. It seems almost foreign to them. So I really have to wonder how these other people are playing. Are they doing it in the club? Are they doing it at the events? Are they doing it at house parties? I mean, where's everybody else hooking up that we're not? The Netflix and chill or uh, dinner and chill is kind of our MO. Yeah, I agree. Well, we met a female part of a couple at the meet and greet recently. You were actually asking her what their play styles were. Ours lined up very well. You know, one thing she even said is she's like, we like to do midweek stuff. We'll do uh, big stuff together on the weekend, but we may do a midweek date and dinner and play. And she said, that's kind of just how we roll with things, which we thought was pretty interesting because it seems like everybody wants to push it out to the weekend and take up each other's Friday or Saturday. So that was kind of refreshing to hear somebody literally on the same terms as we were. Well, and if we wouldn't have been able to intimately talk with her, then we would have never known that. That goes back, if you're not asking the question, you'll never know either. Yeah, Don't play coy. We're adults. We should be able to have these conversations honestly and up front. So our topic was fishing in a dry hole. So for me, I think this is what I always ask myself. Do you do the same thing every time you go out? Are you going to the same places and seeing the same people doing the same thing? Are you trying new things? Are you hanging with the same groups? Are you going to the same clubs? Do you put yourself out there? I think change up what you're doing, and you might be surprised that your hole (laughs) gets a little bit bigger. Pervert. (laughs) Need some little fishies coming through. Tadpoles? Okay, now you're getting gross. It's not getting any better. (laughs) All right, with that. You you and your seventh grade humor can cut it out now. (laughs) Well, it's over the pants. Got me thinking of seventh grade humor. (laughs) Ma'am, just call it quits. All right, with that, everyone, let's go flamingle. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at SwinginFlamin1. We are on Instagram as Swinging Flamingos. We can also be found on Facebook as Swinging Flamingo Podcast. Be sure and check out all the other great shows on Full Swap Radio and be sure and grab our sexy merch available on FullSwapShop.com. And as always, let's go Flamingo!